Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. Well, we kind of have a treat today in that uh, I've asked uh, Pastor Emmanuel uh, to come and speak to us. Uh, If you don't know, we have uh, a ministry locally uh, that we have called Revive, where we're in eight schools providing food and clothing and hygiene items and things like that in eight Title I schools. Uh, But then we also have made a a substantial investment overseas in India. Uh, I worked with Pastor Emmanuel um, at Vineyard North Phoenix for years. Uh, We both kind of got the call to start something new around the same time. Uh, I took the massive risk of moving 13 miles away and starting a church in surprise, and he took the minor risk of moving to India. So uh, I feel like we're on equal footing here, but uh, did you know that we, we have a school uh, in India uh, called Life Prince? And when I say we have a school, it's literally we have a school. We're not just giving money to a larger organization like Compassion International. Uh, we fund it. We started it. I have some photos I want to show you. Uh, there's the uh, exterior of it called Life Prince Schools. Uh, and uh, Emmanuel, of course, is our contact there. We got a trip going to India in March uh, as well. We'll do a medical outreach, outreach and uh, get to spend time with the kids. Go to the next image. Um, there's uh, some of our kids there. So we started with a place, a preschool, and then we added kindergarten. This year we're adding first grade. Uh, whoever picked out their uniforms is a Steeler fan, obviously. Uh, and uh, so our one little classroom uh, that we started in is now five classrooms that we have. Uh, so uh, I'm excited about that. Go to that next image there. Uh, and then this is a picture of our angel tree, which we are firing up today every year. Uh, our church supports about 100 children uh, because in addition to the school, we um, uh, partner with uh, Pastor Emanuel to do English classes and computer classes for children and housewives. And uh, there's about 100 kids that we provide uh, Christmas for. And so if you can help with that, we ask for a $10 donation uh, out in the lobby and you can uh, sign up for that. And uh, it goes a long way. Uh, to uh, making uh, some children very happy. And so there's about 100 children that we'll support uh, this year. So when you support what we do here, uh, you're not only supporting what we do locally in our eight Title I schools, but what we try to do internationally as well. So thank you for uh, your, your giving and your generosity there. So uh, where is Pastor Emmanuel? Come on up, my friend. All right, so uh, let me pray for uh, Pastor Emmanuel, pray for our service, and then uh, I will turn it over to you. Lord, we um, want to thank you for the opportunity of how the gospel uh, is moved forward through uh, the efforts of your church and uh, how we can do more together than we can apart. And um, this is what the community, the church is about. And so uh, we would uh, pray for future blessing upon what we do here locally, but also internationally as well. Uh, Lord, through the the tithes and offering that come in, uh, we just want to ask that you would breathe on it and bless them as we take our offering today. uh, Lord, we do it in a way of putting you first in our generosity, putting uh, you first uh, over our finances, and so uh, we want to give with an attitude of worship. 
pray your blessing upon Emmanuel as he shares and just uh, communicates what's taking place um, in India, but also some of his story and uh, how it highlights the faithfulness of God, not just to him, but the faithfulness of God to all of us who would say yes in obedience. And so we bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, all yours. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a great joy and honor for my wife, Joyce, and I to be here this morning and sharing with you. Uh, I'll try to speak clear so I don't sound kind of funny, but <laughs> you'll have to bear with me. I just want to thank Pastor Marty and Sheila for their generosity and kindness over the years and the Revealed Church for their prayers and support that they extend to us. And uh, they, both of them have been a great friend to us, and they're wonderful people. And so the Lord has allowed us to plant actually two churches in Delhi. In the morning, we meet uh, in South Delhi, and in the evening, that we have another church that we planted. Uh, it's, uh, it started as a slum, but slum is considered as a derogatory term, so we just call it low community, low-income low community. And so this place, we started with three kids, and today we have around 100 kids. They come and jam-pack that little room that we have, and they're worshiping God. And except for three or four kids... Most of these children are from other faith, mostly Hindus or so, there are some Muslims too. And uh, the neighborhood itself is a Hindu neighborhood. So typically when we move there or any Christian institution move there, they're very suspicious because they think that uh, these people have come to brainwash their children, to brainwash their family, and to convert them to their own religion. And I can understand that. So... We wanted to just be able to reach out to them, and we thought the best way to reach out to them would be by starting to serve them. And we started to just figure out what is it that we can do that will really touch the need that they have. And we wanted to start by reaching out to the children. And so we found out that the children, they really want to learn computer. And also, they wanted to learn how to speak English. So we said, well, that's what we're going to do. So we bought three used computers, and we started a class on basic uh, computer, and also on spoken English. And we will do this after the school was over, and these kids would come and uh, join us in those classes. So at the end of the class, we will say, you know, if we have any need, any uh, personal need or whatever, we'll be glad to pray for you. And as we started to pray for them, the Lord started to show up. They started to experience the presence of God. And soon we invited them. You know, we have a Sunday school on Sunday evening, so please come and join us. So we have today these kids coming, and uh, about uh, 90 to 100 kids, they come and join, and they're worshiping God with us. And, you know, later on you'll be seeing them on the video too. And once again, most of them are from other faith. We're just really grateful to God what he's doing and uh, the part that he has allowed us to do. We started to see transformation happening in their kids' lives. So most of the time, and the uh, service is over, we'll offer to pray for them. And so typically, you know, the kids, they would be eager to just, you know, leave because we are giving a snack at the door, at the exit door. But when we tell, you know, hey, if you want to have prayer, you know, please do come and receive prayer. And without any other prompting, these Typically, 10 to 15 kids would line up to come and receive the prayer. 
And so that's just wonderful. And seeing what God was doing in their lives, we thought we will do the similar thing. How about if we try to reach out to the housewives? So in that kind of setting, housewives is at the bottom of the family structure. Everybody looks down at them. They're not treated well. And so initially when we offered them the spoken English class and the base, uh, basic computer class, there was a little hesitation. But gradually they started to come. We did the same thing. We started to teach them. And at the end we will pray and the presence of God would come and would touch them and they would experience that. And so now we are to a place these, when this course was done, these ladies, they don't want to quit. They want to continue on and we have to keep expanding our courses and offering them different classes. Some of them have graduated and have joined the staff there and their lives are just completely transformed. You know, for, from the time when they would come, they were so scared, they wouldn't even, you know, look into your eyes. There was low self-esteem. Now they're bubbling with joy. You know, you can see the Lord's joy in their lives. So uh, uh, they've asked us to teach them to pray. There have been wonderful things happening over there. And uh, so besides that, you know, just like Pastor uh, Marty mentioned, we have a play school and kindergarten. Lord willing, we'll have first grade next year. We're reaching out to the HIV positive people. We have blanket outreach in winter to the homeless people. We're doing angel Angel tree, courtesy of your church, generosity of your church. And it's a joy to be taking these risks. You know, it's not easy, but uh, the, uh, it is such a joy. Uh, it is hard to replace it by anything else to see actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit showing up and making transformation in their lives. So it has not been easy. There have been a lot of challenges. And I want to share a little bit about, uh, you know, what we have been doing here. And so I'm 71 year old, and my wife Joyce, she's 73 year old. And this coming February, we'll be completing 11 years of serving, going back and serving in India. So when we look back, when we look back, we are really in awe of what God has done because we know this is not Joyce and I because we don't have the ability, we don't have the qualification. This is just completely God and I want to share some of those experiences. I call them God stories because I want to give all the credit to God. And so Joyce and I, we immigrated to USA in 1976 and right after we have come, I started to feel that call, you know, go back and serve in India. And I was very excited. Joyce and I went and talked to our pastor. Uh, he was a, a, a very wise man. He talked to both of us and asked Joyce, what do you feel about it? Joyce said, I know that I have a calling, but I don't feel I'm ready right now. So pastor turned to me and said, well, both of you need to wait till both of you are on the same page and feel the same calling. And so we started to wait, and it was about 30 years before Joyce started to feel the call. <laughs> and so in the meantime, we served God, you know, whichever way we could do. And uh, when Joyce started to feel, you know, I was really excited. Wow, this is time now, and, you know, we can go and start to serve in India. And so we talked to some of our friends and well-wishers, and they were very, very nice uh, but, but this time, both of us were in our 60s. And they said, you know, this is great, but you're too old to go back. You know, it's a lot of hard work. And, and uh, I took it well because, uh, you know, they said it in, in a nice way. 
But after two, three days, I just started to go into depression. I felt like I failed God. He was calling me way back there. And I wasted all these 30 years. And now then I feel the call coming. I cannot go back because I'm too frail. I'm too weak to go back. I'm too old to go back. And I remember that uh, this one day that as I was getting ready, at that time I was working at VCNP, getting ready to go to church, just extremely disappointed, extremely uh, discouraged and depressed. And the Holy Spirit started to just speak to my heart and started to run my life before me. And it reminded me how growing up, I was severely handicapped in many areas. One of the things was I was extremely introvert. I could not talk to the people. I could not go and talk to a vendor who might be on, a, uh, uh, on the street in India. You know, and uh, I, could, I would just be terrified. And, uh, and then the Lord started to show me how he healed me. I remember that uh, when I got saved, and we started to come to church. You know, this is a church in India. They speak in Hindi and somebody else translates in English. And we had a very nice gentleman who would do the translation. And so this one fine morning as we came to the church and as the pastor stood up to, to start his sermon and this gentleman started to get up, he said, no, 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 you sit down. And he says, Emmanuel, you come here and you translate for me. And you could just imagine, you know, I couldn't talk to one-on-one or two, three people and just to speak in front of the whole congregation. I was just terrified. But I had no choice, so I did that, and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. I made so many mistakes. I made a fool of myself. I don't think it's going to call me back. So next time, I was very comfortable. Next Sunday, I came, and the time came for the pastor to speak, and the guy started to, you know, stand up. He said, no, 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 you sit down. He said, Emmanuel, you come and translate for me. And I was just terrified again, you know, I didn't know what to do. And again, made so many mistakes. And uh, I thought he was being mean to me. (laughs) So I didn't know, you know, whether I would come next Sunday or no. But I suddenly remembered that uh, just before the pastor would come and start to speak, that uh, they would take offering and they'll sing a song. And so during the song, I went and hid in the the bathroom. (laughs) And you could hear the pastor, you know, the auditorium, and after the song was over, I could hear the pastor come, and there was a pause. I, I think he was looking for me. <laughs> and the, finally, that other gentleman came and started to, you know, translate for him. I was very happy. The following Sunday, I did the same thing, but the pastor knew, and pretty soon, there was a knock on the bathroom door. <laughs> and he says, Pastor wants you. So anyway, I came and started doing that. For the next four or five months, it was really terrifying for me. I didn't know what to do. You know, I was just terrified and I didn't know why pastor was picking on me. But gradually, I started to feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he has started to come on me. And we started to, just started to, Lord started to release me. And then I started to speak with, you know, fluently. And it was like wheels of a, you know, of the same vessel, you know, just working together. And I just really appreciate my pastor not giving up on me. You know how we as a pastor want our service to be perfect. And I made so many mistakes, but God had showed him something. And so the overwhelming love of God chooses us and never gives up on us. The other problem that I had was uh, I was extremely poor in my studies. I barely passed an exam. I was just promoted from one class to another class. And uh, this is how I graduated from high school. 
and then went down to the college with the same thing, the lowest mark, and my parents were really uh, worried about me, and they felt, well, if we can get him somehow some kind of uh, profession where he could be set for life, so they thought that maybe if he can become a teacher, that'd be okay. So this is a different kind of back, you know, uh, setting in India, things are a little bit different. So in order to get a teaching degree, which is Bachelor of Education, you have to go and you have to take a written test because there were, I think, about 60 seats and there were about six, 700 candidates. So they have to take a written test and then they have to interview with, uh, uh, with the faculty. And so I went, uh, and just before that happened, I came to know Jesus as my personal savior. And I came across the verse where it says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and he'll give you liberally. And I started praying, Jesus, you know, I, I lack wisdom. Would you give me wisdom? Would you please give me wisdom? And I went and took that test. And so they said, come back after 10 days, and there'd be a list posted on this board. So 10 days later, I go back and start to look at my name, you know. And if I made it, it would be at the bottom, the 60th name probably. It wasn't there. I started to go up, you know, didn't find my name, and I just started to tremble with fear, just literally just sweating and everything, and came to the fifth place, and my name was not there, and the fourth place, and third place, and second place, my name was not there, and the first place, that's where my, my name was. <laughs> I stood first in that and went on to graduate from that university, being the valedictorian of the of the BA, Bachelor of Education exam. So for the glory of God. And so remember, I'm depressed. I'm feeling my life is all gone. I've wasted all that. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of that. He says, it wasn't you what you achieved. And see where you're at now. That was me, the Holy Spirit, empowering you, healing you, giving you power. It's not about you at all. I came home, talked to my wife, talked to my kids. I said, we are going. Because it's not, it's not about us. And if I die, I die. At least I would know I trusted God and stepped out in faith. And that's what we did. We got rid of all our things and went back to India. So going back, you know, you've done sacrifices and everything. You think everything would fall in place and would work. None of that thing happened. <laughs> there was a time when we planted the church. Nobody showed up. It was just Joyce and I. And that was God testing our heart. And there are one of the reasons things were not working out because we've forgotten about his plan and started to implement our own plan till we came to a place of repentance and then asked God to forgive us. And then too, you know how the Lord tests you. And so I'm just going to, there's so many God stories. At every step, there's so many God stories. I wouldn't have time, but I just need to just maybe just mention one little story and then we'll wrap up from there. And so I remember that this was this time that, you know, we were being tested. And so we have promised God, God, I will do anything, you know. If you would send me to slum, I'll go to slum. Wherever you would want me to do, I'll do it. And so I had a, a chance to go and visit a lady in slum. And it was a little shack. And by that, you know, there was an open drain and sewage, you know, in that. And so we entered, there was one small light bulb there. It was dark, even in the daytime. And she offered me water. And so I thought, you know, if I drink water, I'm going to get sick. So I said, if I ask for tea, probably, you know, I'll be safe. Because, you know, it'd be boiled water. So she boils water, and there's a bucket there, and she, 
you know, just rinses the glass in that and pours the tea and give it to me. And as I start to drink, I could smell sewage smell in that. And I didn't know whether to drink it or no. And if I don't drink, I'm going to break her heart because, you know, she was just pouring her love. And I didn't know. And the Lord reminded me of something. In 1998, when I became pastor at VCNP, the very night that I became pastor, God gave me a dream. In my dream, I'm standing on a platform like this, and in front, two people come. They have leprosy. You know, their hands are all infected. And they have a bowl, and it has a, like a curry in that. And they bring it to me, and they're looking up to me, and they're looking at my face, and I think they're expecting me to eat that. And so as they, even I'm thinking, well, what should I do? One of them takes his infected hand and puts it, dips it in that. And then they're looking like this. I didn't know what to do. And I knew in my spirit that I'm being tested. So I went ahead and just ate, and they disappeared. So as I have this cup of tea, glass of tea in my hand, I'm reminded of 10 years before God has given me this dream. And he was preparing me 10 years before as to what is going to happen that will help me in my decision, the overwhelming, reckless love of God, Jed, chases us. And I drank that tea and nothing happened. And there's so many other stories. I'm looking at time probably, just another story. And so not only that, but about his provision too, I was invited to go and speak at a place. I spoke on the Holy Spirit for one week. And people have come from different ways. This was in north, northern India, uh, in Himalayas. And there were two ladies. They have walked all the way from Bhutan to that place uh, for the simple reason they couldn't afford to pay the fare of the bus. And so they came, and the last day, I'm dead tired. I've come back to my room, and there's a knock on my door, and there are these two ladies, and uh, they have a wrapped-up, you know, uh, paper. Maybe you can show that picture there uh, in their hand. And they gave it to me, and uh, I thought that uh, they, this is, this is the original one, by the way. I thought they had prayer request, and I was very tired. I said, you know what, I'll be glad to pray, and just I took it and came home. And go to the next one. And I opened it. And in there, each one has 200 rupees. And so these, that, that meant that these ladies, instead of buying the fare for the bus, they'll walk back to Bhutan. It just broke my heart. And it just also showed me to trust God. He's absolutely trustworthy. He's the provider. He's the lover of our soul. He will not fail us and showed us the faithfulness of these ladies of trusting God and letting go. And so there's so many other stories and I'm just really overwhelmed when I, when I just think of what all God has done. And so as we started to, another thing was to, we kept on waiting because we were you know, in our 60s that God will send mature people. And that would be our congregation. That's where the leader would be. But he kept sending people who were 23, 24, 25 years old. And we kept debating with Lord. Finally, God said, you know, this is my church. This is not your church. This is my church. I'll send whoever I want to. You will pour your life into them. All that you have is not yours. Is mine to begin with. 
So our church congregation is a young congregation. And so our leaders are all young people. And so we are so thrilled that God has allowed us this privilege to Joyce and I to be working there. And so um, I think I'm going to finish it here. I just uh, so very so many stories. I it is just uh, amazing that how God will take with two people that nobody believed in. My own family didn't believe when I was growing up that I'm going to amount to anything. The two people who had so many drawbacks, almost written off, and will use them for his glory. So it's such a joy to be able to share that. I wish we had more time and share you. You know, so many other stories. God is true. He's alive. He's the lover of our soul. He chases us. Like we were singing, he chases us with this reckless love. So I want to share a short video that we have made. And I'll show you more about what we, what is happening in India. Would you run that video, please? Uh, I love Emmanuel and Joyce's story. Um, just you know, when we were talking this week, he said we went and we didn't even have a plan. Like, we weren't even sure what we were going to do. Um, but uh, Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why, and that why is that core of why we do what we do, even before we have a plan, even before we know the hows. And Emmanuel and Joyce just have the why, because Jesus captured their heart, and um, their story is just a story of the faithfulness of God. Um, and all that God has done. I, I've said this to our congregation before. I don't give uh, my admiration to people very easily. Um, I'm very guarded with that. And Emmanuel and Joyce are two people who have all of my admiration, all of my respect, because they're legit. And uh, you know what they say is who they are. So um, I am. I'm honored that as a church we get to support them. Um, I'm giving the invitation to you to support them. Uh, you can become a monthly uh, support just through uh, our website where it says give, and there is a spot for Aradna Vineyard, and you can give to that. Uh, we're going to do a, a love offering today. If you want to give, there's some buckets in the back on your way out uh, that you can support them uh, in the work and what they are about and uh, what they're doing. And I'm honored that Reveal, a small church in El Mirage, has an opportunity to have an impact you know, halfway around the world. Uh, Emmanuel, um, when we worked together at Vineyard North, he was always asking me, you know, w w you need to come to India with me, come to India with me. I'm like, Emmanuel, I will never go to India. I'm, I'm, I, you said in your dreams. Yeah, I said in your dreams. I said there are two places I never want to go. Hell and India. Uh, and it was just, it just... And so we band, I, this, we're coming up on my fourth time coming in March, and the people have just captured my heart. I'm, you know, looking at that video, and some of those kids, they were tiny the first time we went. Now they're leaders, uh, and it's just, it's just amazing. And the faithfulness of God, uh, when we say yes, 
God will go before us, and God will do what God says he will do, right? Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without succeeding, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. That's our God. And when we step out in faith, God fills in the gaps. And so maybe that's a word for you today. Maybe there's something that you're struggling with. Maybe there's uh, something that you're unsure of. Maybe, maybe you don't have the what, and you don't have the how, and you don't have the plan, but uh, all you have is the why. And you'll step out in that and see the faithfulness of God that will be revealed to you. Is Joyce here this morning as well? Would you guys come over here and let us pray for you as we close? If, uh, again, if you want to support them uh, through a gift on your way out, uh, it would, be, um, would go a long way. If you want to give $10 towards Angel Tree for some kids, the table's out there. If you want to support them uh, on a monthly basis, um, it will go a long way. Uh, I don't, uh, we don't do a lot of special offerings. Like in the 10 years that we've been a church, we probably taken maybe 10 and probably seven of them have been for these two. It's just, I, it's, I don't like it when we're constantly coming to you, Hey, we need money. Hey, we need money. So when I say, here's a good opportunity, I hope there's some credibility in that. I hope I have some, some some street cred, as the kids would say. So um, stand with me as we pray for Emmanuel and Joyce, would you? Oh. Holy Spirit, just fall on my two friends. And your faithfulness um, is just revealed in these two servants. And two people who fell in love with Jesus and have submitted and surrendered their lives to you. And so as um, part of their church family, we just want to bless them. And we want to say yes and amen to all that you're doing. And we want you to know that, of course, the, the Father in heaven applauds you, but your brothers and sisters in faith applaud you as well. And we rally around you and we support in what you're doing to be world changers, to take the message of the gospel to the least of these and to be willing to sacrifice that the message of Jesus would be clearly shared and communicated. And so we bless you. We want to bless you in your health. We want to bless you in your leadership. We want to bless you uh, with abundance in uh, your finances uh, that you would have more than enough to continue to do what you're doing. And we want to bless you with our love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give them a round of applause, please? Um, Emmanuel and Joyce will be up here if you want to uh, chat with them. Uh, feel free. Is that okay? Yeah. They want to chat with them? Uh, I'll interpret for them. Uh, no, they'll be up here if you want to chat with them. Uh, God bless you. Next week we start a new series. I look forward to seeing you for that. I think that's everything. God bless you guys. I will see you next week.